Welcome to the Non-Anxious Leader Podcast. I'm Jack Shitama, author, teacher, speaker, and coach. I focus on your spiritual, emotional, and physical well-being to help you be the best leader possible. Each episode explores research and practical tips so you can be a non-anxious presence personally and professionally. And now, here's the show. Welcome to episode 82 of the Non-Anxious Leader podcast. I am Jack Shatama, and we are going to jump right into today's episode on three different kinds of perspectives that are important to be a non-anxious leader. The use of perspective in art is a way of depicting a three-dimensional object on a two-dimensional surface. There are different forms of perspective, but the general idea is that objects that are farther from the viewer appear smaller in the work of art. The ancient Greeks were thought to have made the first attempts at perspective in the 5th century BCE. Chinese artists used a form of perspective called oblique projection from the 1st or 2nd century until the 18th century. Artists in medieval Europe used a technique called isometric projection. Now, none of these methods were perfect nor mathematically accurate. The form of perspective that we are most familiar with, called geometric perspective, is attributed to Florentine artist Filippo Bernalschecchi in 1420. Interestingly, the earliest art, ancient art, sized objects hierarchically according to their spiritual or thematic importance, not their distance from the viewer. There's a good analogy here. When it comes to being a non-anxious presence, perspective is everything. The question is, do we give certain elements of our situation more importance than they actually merit, or are we able to see things in their proper perspective? Are we seeing things two-dimensionally, or are we seeing the complete picture? Are we seeing things three-dimensionally? The first perspective that is essential to the non-anxious leader is to understand the difference between thinking and feeling, to put both thinking and feeling in their proper place, put them in perspective. The problem is that our automatic responses are most often based on feelings, and non-anxious responses typically require thinking. I am finishing up teaching an online course on family systems basics. And in one of the discussion board posts, one of the students wrote that a motto in her family is, don't put your mouth in gear before your brain. And this really typifies the perspective of understanding the difference between reacting on your feelings and actually thinking through a non-anxious response. I take a deep dive into this subject in episodes 49 and 50 on hot and cold emotional states. I will post links to those episodes in the show notes. A quick summary is that the patterns of interaction in our family of origin form habits in the primitive part of our brain so that particular actions or phrases will trigger emotions. The so-called lizard brain is designed to react with lightning speed to perceived threats. It's the basis for our fight-or-flight response. This allows for the so-called amygdala hijack, where our feelings cause us to respond with reactive or adaptive behavior. 
before we have time to think about it. Now, this is great when we spot a saber-toothed tiger. However, it's not so great when a family member, coworker, or congregant says something with a particular tone of voice that triggers an emotionally reactive response. Most important thing you can do when you are in an anxious situation is to recognize that you are having strong feelings and to put a check on them, to self-regulate. Acting based on your feelings is rarely helpful. Depending on who you are, you either get reactive, that is arguing or getting defensive, or you become adaptive. You give in without saying what you really believe. If you have the perspective which enables you to understand the difference between feeling and thinking, you can pause in the situation and assess what is going on with you emotionally. You can also assess what is going on with other people in the interaction. The first thing to do is to identify the emotional process going on. Are others defining themselves or defining you or someone else? Are they taking responsibility for self or are they blaming you or other people? In essence, if the other is acting in a self-differentiated way, go ahead and have a conversation with them. I've said this many times before, but I have needed to remind myself of this over and over again, especially in the moment. When you have that conversation with them, clearly state what you believe while staying emotionally connected to them. The conversation is likely to be fruitful. On the other hand, if your assessment of the emotional process tells you that people are not taking responsibility for self, then you want to avoid the content of the situation. By having this perspective, it enables you to pause, it enables you to self-regulate, it enables you to think about your response so you can respond in a non-anxious way. The second type of perspective that is important for a non-anxious leader is what I call the long arc perspective. And I kind of take this from Dr. Martin Luther King's saying that the moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends toward justice. So taking a long arc perspective is taking a big picture perspective in terms of time, past, present, and future. So it's the idea that you have an understanding of the past in the system and you have a vision for the future which informs the present context. Whether it is a family of origin, congregation, or organization, understanding the traditions and significant moments from its history will help you to better understand what matters in the moment. For example, the camp and retreat ministry that I serve has been around since 1946. There are various cohorts of summer staff that have had a significant life-changing experience which bonds them forever to our ministry. Three of these cohorts from across the decades served under different beloved directors, respectively. It has helped me to know about the director and his leadership, about the traditions that they had, and to understand how this forms a certain view towards this ministry. Just like unwritten rules and a family of origin, their perspectives, their traditions are neither right nor wrong. They're just different. They are what they are. Knowing this has helped me to understand when decisions that we make in the current context significantly impact the ministry, perhaps even change the nature of it, need to be interpreted to different constituents in different ways. 
Likewise, it's important to understand the unresolved issues in the system. According to Edwin Friedman in a YouTube lecture video that I'll post in the show notes on leadership through self-differentiation, all symptoms in a family of origin or institution have to do with unresolved relationships between the parents and their own families of origin. So in the institutional context, it has to do with unresolved issues between the leader or leaders and previous generations. Unfortunately, I have seen too many congregations that have experienced multiple betrayals by congregational leaders that have never been resolved. As a leader, if you don't understand what went on before, it will be hard to comprehend the anxiety that is displaced in the current situation. So understanding the past is a critical part of being a non-anxious leader. In fact, in many situations where this is the case, the most important thing the current leader can do is to help people acknowledge the pain and help them to start grieving and perhaps that will enable them to move on to a better future. At the other end of the spectrum is a vision for the system you are serving. If you don't have a vision, that will create anxiety in the system itself because without a vision, the people perish. If you do have a vision, it will help you to stay grounded in the midst of any current anxiety, any current sabotage that is taking place as you try to lead positive change. It's been shown that those who are motivated by their goals are able to tolerate much higher levels of pain. Think about the marathon runner as they run those last four miles or so. The same is also true for emotional pain. If you are able to keep the current turmoil in perspective in relation to your vision for what is possible, it will help you to maintain a steady persistence. It will help you to maintain a non-anxious presence, even in the face of sabotage. The third type of perspective that is important for a non-anxious leader is to have some distance from the actual situation. Sometimes when things get out of hand in a system, whether it is a family, congregation, or organization, it's easy to feel like the situation at hand is everything. It's all-consuming. It is your entire being. But we know that is not the case. We also know that when it does consume you, it is hard to think clearly. It is hard to be a non-anxious presence, and you are much more likely to be reactive. Getting some distance from the situation will help you to realize that it is not everything in the whole world. It's not your entire world, and it will help you to be less reactive. It will make it easier to self-regulate and to be a non-anxious presence. One of the best ways to do this is to hang out with friends or family members who are not in the same system. This is especially true if you have the social awareness to not just whine and complain about the all-consuming situation to people who really don't know about it and maybe don't even care. Instead, don't talk about it. Talk about other things that interest you. Be present with those people. It will give you some perspective. Another way to get perspective is to do something that you enjoy and that you are good at, especially if this is a hobby or a personal pursuit that is not related to the system that is consuming you. And then finally, of course, taking care of yourself, getting enough sleep, exercising, eating right, 
practicing spiritual disciplines. Those, these are all ways that help you to maintain proper perspective, to get some emotional distance from the situation so you can do that first perspective, which is to think more clearly, especially in the moment. All of these perspectives are related and they all support being a non-anxious presence, being a non-anxious leader. So to summarize, a non-anxious leader is able to function intentionally rather than react emotionally. A non-anxious leader has a perspective of the difference between thinking and feeling. She is also able to put the current situation in the context of the history of the system as well as her vision for where she is headed. Finally, she is able to put things in perspective relative to her own life experience. Whatever is happening now is not everything. Whatever stress and anxiety there currently is is important, but it's not the entire world. Perspective is everything when functioning as a non-anxious leader. It not only helps you be your best, but it helps others be their best too because you are a non-anxious presence for them. So that's it for episode 82. I would love to hear what you think. I would love to have you connect with me. Go to the nonanxiousleader.com and you can sign up for my newsletter or you can contact me through the contact form. I respond pretty quickly if you do. So until next time, thanks and goodbye. Thank you for listening. If you found this episode helpful, there are two things you can do to help others find this podcast. First, tap the subscribe button on your podcast app. And second, leave a review. I appreciate your help. Finally, you can find more resources as well as subscribe to my blog at the nonanxiousleader.com. Now, go be yourself.